she reached out to me on Instagram one day. She was like, hey, someone gave me your name and figured I might talk to you about it. And she was like, hey, do you know anything about Wheat Pace? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm literally just getting into Wheat Pace. It's what I do. And we met up and it was just like, let's do it, let's try it. And I've never done anything that large before. And I showed up that day to put it on the wall. I'm like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but, but after that moment, I was like, yeah, this is, I can do this. It's no problem at all. are listening to the Genesis Collective's Creatives Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Genesis Collective's Creatives Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. This is actually our third episode in our Artists Conversation Series. Guy Ruff the third. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are a local guy. Yeah, so I'm out of Beaver Falls. I graduated there in 2002. I actually graduated most artistic, which was pretty cool because I loved art. Wait a minute, that, you were voted most artistic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in the yearbook? You were <laughs> yeah. So I was actually in the art class, and I believe it was like college prep art. And uh, I never went to art school. My art teacher, Mr. Tim Gailey, was very upset at me, and I went to flight school instead, and 9-11 uh, happened, and they came into the room, and they are like, yeah, uh, flight school's shutting down for a while, and they're raising the uh, retirement age from 60 to 65 for the airlines, so they're going to have a hiring freeze for five years, and that's adjusted my route. I hired on the railroad, and uh, I was on working there for about 18 years. Wow. Yeah. Became a uh, locomotive engineer. Whoa. And I was getting to the point where I was about to hold like the highest paid route that you can get, like long pull. And uh, I just got really depressed because it's not what I was meant to do. Like I loved art. And about 10 years into that career, I picked up a pencil again and I just started drawing. And the more I drew, the more depressed I got because I realized, you know, I'm really into art. But it's actually kind of neat because at the same time, that's like how I formed into the public art that I do because I wanted to put my art out there, but I'm not a very public person. But when you have public art out there, you know, everybody can see it. It's accessible. Well, you know, I, th that is a topic I really wanted to talk with you about in particular, this notion about public art. And we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. So you're an engineer and then you start to get back into the art thing and you're thinking, man, this is what I really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked up the pen, the pencil, and I'd start drawing on the train, you know, if we're sitting around somewhere, just drawing everything I could see, you know, the areas, locations I'm at. And so I really started, uh, I was wondering, like, how can I get my art out there? Like, how do I put myself out there? Which is really hard. It's really hard to put yourself out there with something like that, because it's very, uh, it's really personal. Every day I was driving back and forth from Beer Falls all the way to Conway, and I'd see the route, and there's absolutely no art anywhere. Nothing like the whole route is just bare rust concrete. Yeah. It's just like, there's gotta be something. Then I remember they put up this giant retaining wall in Rochester on 65 and I thought it'd be great to put like some art on there. Like people pass that's such a giant wall, but it'd be great. Like, I, I don't know. Like I want to like spruce up the area and that's what I've been trying to go for. Like I started in beer falls. I reached out to beer falls, uh, art council and, uh, we were able to get together and we put up a temporary mural across the street from Orem's, which was a nice digital piece I made. It was black and white. 
And so I got that up. It's still up. It's been a few years now. It was only meant to last a, a year. Oh, it's still there. It's still there. And then there's some other projects I was working on. Uh, like I've been trying all sorts of different type of art. And it's really hard for me to focus on just one type because I like to do it all. Uh-huh. It's very hard to focus on just one thing. But that's what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to really hone into who I am. But you're thinking, I want to go big. <laughs> I yeah. want to go big public art. Put my stuff on walls, uh, you know, where everyone can see it, right? Yeah, it's cause, just because I'm personally tired of looking at the way the area looks. Yeah. So I figured if I'm tired of it, then probably somebody else is too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I started. So I, was, I started looking for ways to get my artwork out there. And I come across this contest, international contest, for a book, for a publishing contest. And I applied for it. I put my art in there, and I won. Oh. So I took that money from that. I bought myself an iPad Pro. I mean, it wasn't a lot of money, but after I got the iPad Pro, I kept looking. I was like, oh, what else What else is out there? Another, you know, something else I can work towards. And uh, I came up on this request for a proposal out of the city of Pittsburgh. So they were looking for street art. I'm like, I've never done anything like that before. Because literally, they want art that goes on the street, thermoplastic type stuff. Oh. They just wanted an artist that could drop a design, like a digital design, and they would print it out and lay it down. I didn't even have to do anything besides, you know, make the art, which is great. So I took, you know, my winnings, my iPad Pro that I just got. I designed a piece. I turned it in, and uh, I couldn't get in the first time because it was late. I had, like, a day to get it in. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this done. And uh, I called them up, and they are like, yeah, we can't accept it. Mm. You know, it's too late. Turns out... Nobody turned in anything for that. So they put out the request again. And I didn't catch it until like the very last minute again. And I had like a day and a half to get it in. After I already been up like 24 hours, I was on the train. I was up all night. I was up all day, super tired. My wife's like, yeah, just do it. Like you've been up, you work good under stress. So I was like, all right. Like, so I took this design that I had, I like made it a little bit better. Had to come up with all this paperwork, all this, uh, like my biography and just everything that has to do with like public art. It was a real pain in the neck actually. And got it in literally within an hour. (laughs) Right after I turned it in, I had to go to the city building in Pittsburgh. I get, I go out into my truck and my truck's like broken down in the garage. So it was, that was a really tough day. Like I was exhausted, but uh, I got it in and they called me back. They're like, yeah, we're accept, we're going to accept this. We want to talk to you about it. And uh, yeah, so they accepted me for that. So it's like, I kept rolling everything that I was doing art-wise, the momentum kept rolling and something bigger. And then uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna keep moving with this. And that's when we put up that mural in Beer Falls, the uh, the black and white one. That was just a temporary piece, just something cheap to put up and see how long it would last. So you live in Beaver Falls, yeah. right? So you see your neighborhood every day. Mm-hmm. Do you walk down the street, bicycle down the street, whatever, and you like look at walls and say, Oh, that yeah. that can be something. Mm-hmm. All the time. It just pops into your head like, oh, that would be a great space. Yeah, it's like, okay, so there's this one thought I've had, and I brought it up a few times. And I think if I want to make it happen, I really need to like hop on it myself. And instead of like a call for art, we need like a call for walls. Because the hardest thing is to have like the wall space predetermined, ready to go for when you have an artist. So I think that's a big step is to actually have the the wall ready to go, signed off, okay, you know, the owner is okay with art on the wall. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. So I, I look at all these walls, like there's like Nero's, there's the old, uh, what's that one, 
where uh, I think it was right where uh, the hot dog shop used to be. Okay, okay, right on that wall. So that that that's a giant wall, and then there's like Enlo's the uh, shoe store. Shoe store, yeah, yeah. Like there's all there's a whole lot of walls around Beer Falls. I think it use some art. So a wall is not just a wall, right? I mean, the wall has to. Well, it has to be, I imagine, just physically able to take paint, mm-hmm. right? Um, can't be crumbling right down. Well, it depends on what you want to put on the, on the wall. If you want to put up a mosaic, then you need a strong wall. If you have a wall that's very rough, and you know, you, you can do aerosol, you know, graffiti type aerosol stuff, then I can do that. Or like what I do, I what I'm getting into now these days is wheat paste is where I paste the wall with my artwork. So it's basically my traditional art pasted onto the wall, like almost like wallpaper paste. And uh, that's the Banksy medium. Banksy actually used spray paint. Yeah. And then there's uh, the street artist, Junior. He does a lot of wheat paste work where he puts up pictures. He actually has an inside action, like the one in Aliquippa, where all the faces went on the wall. Right. I helped him with that, with the Inside Out project, with the Genesis Collective and that was over like 50 faces. That was stunning. Yeah, it looked really nice and people loved it, but it was very temporary. We just you literally used the wallpaper paste. That's what it calls for. Uh-huh. You want anything permanent. The problem with that is the rain took it down, which, you know, around here we get a lot of rain and the, it was a rough surface to work with. And you need the right surface for something like that, like something like wood, or it needs to be very flat and accepting of wallpaper paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, the route I'm going with the wheat paste murals is I try to use something more permanent. It's like an acrylic paint. So whenever I put my artwork on the wall, you can see the traditional artwork style in it because it's printed that way. And then when I paste it to the wall, I use my clear acrylic paint and it's kind of sandwiched in there. So it becomes part of the wall. It's like painted in. And then I paint over my artwork to make it colored like the watercolor that I do. Like a place that I think would be cool for like an open art is... Big Rock Park. Big Rock Park, yeah. All the walls painted white and there's nothing on them. Yeah. It'd be great just to say, all right, you know, guys, just come on down here and do your art. Are we not just receptive here like they might be in a more urban area just because they've seen it more, there's more people doing that art, and here it's still unusual. It's still rare. I think it's rare because how do I say this without offending people? I'll go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. People around here don't find it necessary. Do you want art on the side of the wall or do do they want a pothole fixed? Mm. Most people want the pothole fixed. Right. That's my fill. But are they mutually exclusive though like that? Or are we like aesthetically challenged? Yeah, (laughs) we are definitely aesthetically challenged for sure. Because once you leave this area, once Western Pennsylvania and you go anywhere, like my wife and I, we took this tour of the Northeast and there's art everywhere, in every instance, in every fashion. Yeah, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, once you leave this area, this area is like a rust bucket. Yeah, and what's over here in Beaver County? Yeah, it's like, I, I try to look around, and like in Beaver Falls, like the one thing that I see, when I cross the bridge, I see the waterfall. Like, that's, when you think Beaver Falls, the falls. Yeah. I feel, when you cross that bridge, and you go... And you look at the falls, that should be like the highlight of Beaver Falls because it's what it's all about. Light it up. That's all it would take is some lights. Like Niagara Falls. Yeah. Lit up like that. Just yeah. light it up. Like it's, it would be beautiful. Or like the, the water tower across in the, from New Brighton in the Beaver Falls. And I look over, there's this old rusty water tower. I don't know 
who it exactly belongs to, but that would be cool. Light it up so people could see or put some artwork on there. Like, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities and people don't want to go through the hassle and the red, you know, the red tape that it takes to get the public art up. Cause it's very hard. There's a lot of steps and everybody has to agree. Yeah. And then there's insurance and then there's the aesthetic of it. Like, you know, does everybody agree on the aesthetic? There's just a lot of steps to it. And I think that's the problem. Like people don't want to deal with that when they got to deal with the potholes. Yeah. You know? People are more practical oriented and, and how they want um, public funds to be spent and mm-hmm. uh, the energies that go into public projects and, mm-hmm. and what is desirable art. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the essential question, right? It's diversity. It is diversity, but having a capacity to accept that diversity, right? I think that's really a stumbling block. And I yeah. think a lot of people are like, don't like it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Don't support it. You know, I saw that with when they put the Falls sign up there in Beaver Falls. Yeah. It's as simple as just naming ourselves something that I've heard of that all throughout my life in Beaver Falls. I mean, I don't, I don't know how people don't accept that because I accept it because it's the Falls. Huh? But it was so dismissed. Uh, what struck me was how out of hand it was dismissed. Mm-hmm. Nope. Right. No, I mean, not even ex- people weren't willing to entertain the explanation. Uh, you know, the concept of having the water, you know, cascading down, yeah. f- you know, backgrounding the letters, like, nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so that, that is the challenge. But let me ask you this, uh, a bit of a philosophical question. What does art do for people? What does public art do for people? It makes them think. It makes us think. It brings out an emotional response. Okay. You know, you see something, and if you like it, then it makes you, it feels, you know, makes you feel good. Right. And if you have to drive by that every day, every day you look forward to seeing it. Just like I look forward to seeing the mosaic every day. I, you know, I drive by that. I like seeing the sparkly sunlight. Yeah. You know. So what do you think of the difference between the art of stuff that is just purely aesthetic uh, versus art that has a message to it? It might be a historical message. It might be a political message. Uh, something along those lines. I don't know how to get into that because everybody has their own view on that. And... When I make art right now, like I try to make like empowering art. Uh, I do like pictures of kids, real like strong strength. And I don't know if you've seen any of my posts like that. Sure, sure. So I, I, I put a piece in Beaver County Courthouse, CYS waiting room, and it's of my daughter. Like it is just random. And I made it, she looked real strong and powerful. And it was something I, I was given to her teacher you know, just as a gift for being a great teacher. And I put it in the CYS room and it's like perfect for that. And I thought, wow, like this is something that could be done all over the place. And when the Genesis Collective reached out to me about, you know, hey, check out this public call for art, you know, for Aliquippa, Heinz Endowment. So I put in for that and the children chose my work because they saw that piece and they said it made them feel strong. Mm. I'm the little girl. So that moment she said that, and I was told that she said that, I was like, okay, she's going to be part of the artwork, along with some of her friends. So now they're going to get up. Eventually, when I can get this piece up in spring, once it's up, they're going to go through the town. They're going to see that, see their images are empowering other little kids. Yeah, yeah. So now they're part of the process, and now like the momentum is going to start rolling, and hopefully I can do more. Like I would love to do a whole bunch of those. I think that would be great. So the kids can see themselves, people, the community members can see themselves up there. Yeah. Stylized. Stylized. Represented mm-hmm. through you, your vision, your art. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. I think it's something to, to work through, especially for like the kids. Like 
they're going to work through their emotions when they see that. Anything that you do publicly, mm-hmm. right? Everyone has some sort of stake in it, yeah. right? Whether imaginary stake or a real stake, like I'm paying for it versus I got to look at it every day and I, yeah. I got my two cents about this. Exactly. I guess that's just the nature of public art. You just have to deal with that and somehow negotiate all those forces. <laughs> we never know how the politics will play out mm-hmm. until people have a chance to just take a look at it. You know, and we realize, oh, for some people, this is a political message that they won't tolerate or they may accept. Mm-hmm. They may embrace, right, the politics of that. Yeah. Like originally, somebody asked me, what is your stance on the public art? Like, are you putting a message out there? originally, I didn't really have a message. I just wanted to make my town pretty. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to put beauty out there. That's, that's the only message that I wanted, wanted to make. Right. But then I started getting into the into the type of work I do now, and it's a more empowering message, especially for the kids. And I think I want to keep that up. I enjoy doing it. So I just got to figure out how to keep that momentum rolling. And I think Rochester might be the next move. What do you mean? Rochester, they have a lot of walls right now. They got that whole riverfront that they're renovating. They're trying to turn it into a space by the Flag Plaza. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to make a statement there, if possible. Like, there's a couple places. Like, they got the bridge right there going, the Rochester-Manaka Bridge. Right. That'd be a great place to put a giant piece, like a giant piece on that column right there, just so everybody could see it. You know, Manaka could see it. Right. Bridgewater. Everybody could see that piece around there. There's a communication theorist, Marshall McLuhan, and he postulated this theory decades ago that the form actually becomes the message. So you could take anything, any art representation, whatever, right? If it's in a gallery, that's one thing. If you put it somewhere else, it's in your private home, it's it's another thing. You put it big in the public where everyone gets to see it, that message changes completely, right? So I guess maybe that's just the nature of public art is that it will take on something completely different. And maybe that's just something that we just have to challenge ourselves with uh, when it comes to any public art. We're just going to have to deal with this in some way, some fashion. It'd be nice if it was a little bit more accepting. More accepting. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Have you had any of your work vandalized? No. Well, that's a good thing. I feel people respect it more. When it's another artist, I mean, whether you're a graffiti artist or street artist or, you know, public artist, right? It's still art. And even if they did, like the type of work that I do, if they vandalized it, like the wee pasting, I'll just put another sheet on and cover it back up. You know, like it's not going to hurt. Yeah. But there are examples of public art actually being vandalized by somebody who does not like it. They don't like the politics of it. They don't like the look of it. Um, you know, just the rage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's some artists... There's this one artist I follow. I can't remember his name, but he, he'll use like a giant stick, like a 30-foot stick with a paint roller at the end of it or a paintbrush, and he'll paint a 30-foot-tall mural on the side of a bridge or a wall. And people come to vandalize it, and they'll put you know graffiti art on the side of it or something. But the original artwork is 30 feet tall. You're not going to cover up the whole thing. Yeah. You can only reach so high without a ladder. Right. You know, right. So I, li- I like that aspect, and I think that's why I like to go so big. Because you can only do so much damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I guess there are ways to go about it, but I don't think people have that much energy, or especially 
kids or teenager, you know, full of angst. Well, I know in the graffiti world, I mean, I was really surprised to learn this, that there's a code and there's- You don't touch others' art. You don't touch it. And if you do- um, You're a jerk. (laughs) You're a jerk and there will be consequences and you may or may not intend those consequences. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I know Banksy got into that with, I believe it was a British street artist and they went back and forth painting over each other's works and it became a whole thing unto itself. Banksy, I don't know. I don't know if he's, it may not be he, you know? I don't know if he's genius or he just doesn't know what he's doing. Or do, do you remember that the one auction where he had like the the shredder inside the <laughs> yeah? So it, it it feeds through the printer. He triggers it and it jams up. Now what? I don't know what it did to that painting. Did it like triple the value of it now? Because now it became a huge statement piece yeah. because it's it's shredded. I don't know. I would like to have that piece <laughs> just because it was a failed attempt. Yeah, but yeah, I think. I think that's pretty cool. Well, that I mean, just, you know, the, the genius of, of that and just the avant-garde-ness of, of a lot of that work, certainly in the early days, of course. You know, now it seems a bit passe to see some of that stuff. Derivative, right? A lot of it is just derivative work. But I th- that's the kind of an interesting thing. And, and, I, and I just wonder about the possibilities of public art to, to be innovative, to be super creative, to push the limits, push the boundaries. You know, if you're political and you're pushing the boundaries, well, again, like you tag someone's graffiti, expect the consequences right from that. But, but you know, I mean, it's wide open, isn't it? And there's not much of that going on around here, though. Not much. Not much, yeah. And I, I, what does it take to get us there? It takes people who get it. People who say, well, I have a wall for you to paint on. Uh It takes people to support it. It takes money. It takes money, of course, yeah. Um, And it takes talent. It takes artists who have a vision, who want to There's a lot of talented artists around here, too. And I think they don't know how to go about it. Mm. Maybe they don't have the energy or the drive to do it. Or the opportunity, yeah. And then there's the public. I mean, we can't discount that force of society giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's a major factor because that will lead into, if people do not like it, calls to remove it. If people do like it, you know, calls to keep it up and to maintain it. If people have a problem with the messaging, maybe it'll be something to, well, let's just change that a bit, regardless of what the artist intended. I mean, it's very possible. But like like I said, like in Big Rock, that's like a perfect spot like for all these artists, if they want to do public art, go down there and practice. Allow the artists to share express themselves and that's a good way like that would bring artists around like to try to do it on a wall like why not and like anything you know art breeds art Mm -hmm. right creativity if uh inspires more creativity it builds confidence builds confidence yeah skill you know what you what you're trying to do how else does an artist get the capacity to do a big wall mural without doing a big wall mural, right? You have to have that opportunity. You gotta, yeah, you got to have a space. Yeah, yeah, right. Which, well, like some people, I thought about putting up a board in my backyard just to do art on, like a plywood or something, just prop it up and do art on that and so I can practice. And But instead, I called up the city, Beer Falls, and I practiced wheat paste on a wall, and it didn't turn out too good. It, I mean, it looked good for a little bit, but then, like, after I put it up, it, it rained for three days straight. Oh. And I just tried regular wheat paste, like, like the regular wheat paste artists do. And it fell off the building, uh, which was kind of a bummer. But, you know, it was experience. Yeah. And I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Don't do it on a wall that has leaky concrete, you know, surface. <laughs> it's just <laughs> right. not going to work, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, like you got to have the opportunity and the drive and the knowledge and a little bit of money to go try it out. 
just not much opportunity around here. Well, let me ask you, this series of conversations with artists is intended to help that art culture. It's intended to enrich it, to expand it, to be provocative even, so that people start to think about art in the public space and, and artists in our own community in different ways. But where are we in, in our trajectory here? I feel we're just starting. We're just starting. That's how I feel. Okay. There's a lot of room for improvement. And are we? Are we moving? Are yeah, we moving? We're... I think so, yeah. Okay. Especially with the Genesis Collective. A lot has got done since I've heard about them. And I remember uh, Pamela reached out to me, Pamela Rossi, Keen. She reached out to me on Instagram one day. She was like, hey, someone gave me your name and figured I might talk to you about it. And this is whenever she was asking about the Inside Out mural. And she was like, hey, do you know anything about wheat paste? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm literally just getting into wheat paste. And it's what I do. And we met up and it was just like, let's do it. Let's try it. Yeah. And I've never done anything that large before. And I showed up that day to put it on the wall. I'm like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but, <laughs> but after that moment, I was like, yeah, this is, I could do this. It's no problem at all. Oh, and there's amazing video capturing some of that. Chris Padgett mm -hmm. did a Chris wonderful cinematic um, documentation of that. Mm -hmm. um, article in the Times. Yeah. So Genesis Collective, Aliquippa, lots of art happening. Um, Beaver Falls, lots of art happening. New Brighton, there are mm -hmm. things happening there. Uh, I'm not so sure about Rochester or some of the other communities. Well, they're starting it. They're getting in that, too, because they got that riverfront all cleaned up, and they want to put art on all the walls down there. Okay, so they're they're getting into the game here, mm -hmm. right? Um, I always think about the, the communities in the hinterland, like Fombell and New Galley and Darlington. You know, what's happening in the public art scene there? Not much that I know, because I literally, my friend and I, we go on bike rides every now. We went through, we literally just went through New, New Galley and uh, Darlington, and there is not much. There's a lot of old school buildings and stuff like that, and they're big on history. But as for art, I don't recall seeing anything, nothing, besides like uh, the memorials that they have through, you know, the veterans. And a little bit of graffiti, occasionally. A little bit, not even much of that. Yeah, you're right, kids stuff, it's just like tags but it's not the serious artistic hand style stuff going on i used to hang on new galley all the time and they're they're more country yeah, kids yeah they want to go out they want to ride their quads and dirt bikes and you know stuff like that that's that's where they take their angst they don't need the graffiti much It'd go back to the just this the essential idea of public art uh -huh. as a way of, of expressing someone's art, artistic vision in a community does not New Galley have that same potential? Enon Valley, Southside, um, South Beaver. I mean, is it not there, or do we are we just writing them off and think and not even thinking about the capacity for them to engage public art? Is anyone going to approach Big Beaver and say, "Hey, we want to help you do public art"? Are we even doing that or considering that? I don't think so, but I, I don't. I wouldn't count that out either because. Like a lot of these places, like when I was talking about my wife and I going on that Northeast road trip, there's a lot of places where you would see like a bent up bridge and that's now like a statue and they keep it up. Like, but that's like something I feel that would be more towards like New Galley, Darlington. Like I feel like something like an open air type of artwork would suit them better. Yeah. Like I don't feel like they're like exactly like a Monet on the wall type of town. Like they need something very, just something like very like strong. Because I feel like they're a strong town. They're you know, a tight-knit town there. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. Right. 
It's an interesting proposition for these communities. And I would love to see those conversations mm -hmm. be dropped into those communities. I don't know how. Maybe through their local government, through groups that are there. New Galley, for example, has a community development nonprofit. Maybe that is a, 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 a vehicle for dropping that conversation there and saying, what kind of public art would you like? What, what, what represents you? What would you like to have visually, right, in your sphere that says, this is who we are? This is what we care about. This is our history. Uh, I mean, right there's kind of a no-brainer there because every little community has their own history, whether it's railroad. I spent some time at uh, Heritage Days and Homewood uh, the other week, and there's so much there. And I can't, I can't imagine that a mural would not be well-received. Now, where go? Well, that's where that, um, I could tell you it will be, would be received because they have that St. Cloud Hotel painted on the side of the house. I just found out the backstory of that, by the way. And I was just like, really? And the house right across the street, the guy makes big cutouts of Bigfoot and other animals. Yeah. And it's like, this is so cool. This little community would be receptive to more public art. But how do we make that happen? Let them know it's available. Yeah. Start that conversation. I, I just feel like maybe people don't think about art like that, like accepting more diverse art than what they're used to. Like the, the type of stuff that they may be interested in is like the historical stuff. Yeah. They're really into their, like their get togethers, like their festivals and stuff like that. And they like their, they're heavy on like the bluegrass stuff. Agriculture too. Yeah. I mean that, you know, I, I joke around, you drive outside of the river valleys and you're like in, the Midwest, Indiana, right? Mm -hmm. You're out there with the cornfields and the soybean fields and the tractors and combines and, and stuff. And it is a whole different world. So maybe, yeah, something like that also. Agricultural representations. I've seen places where there's just like a random statue, like a giant statue in the middle of like a cornfield. How cool would that be? Oh. Or, or like in Harrisburg when I was on the railroad, they actually had like a mini Statue of Liberty in the middle of the water. And I thought it was always cool to go by because it's just in the middle of water. It was on top of old pylon. Yeah. And uh, like it's just stuff like that, like random things that you wouldn't think would be there. It just turns out to work its way into the society and people love it. And Darlington has Zooverman. You know Zooverman? That's a, it's on the, the National Registry of Roadside Attractions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I love that. Yeah. And, but the guy, Rick Sai, who owns the chiropractor in the gym there, you know, that was his brainchild. Buy that thing, bring it back, put it up there. You know, community be damned. You're, you're going to look at my big, giant gold guy. And they actually like it. They like it, yeah. yeah. I, I love it's that. It's just thing. so random. Like yeah. It's yeah. in a random place, too. Like, that's like when we went on that bike ride, we literally rode past it. I'm like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> I never noticed this before. We're, I think we're going to nominate you to be our public art commissioner for the county. <laughs> Put some guidelines in place and bring us all together yeah. in a coalition council. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Right? Hey. Why not? Why not? It'd be nice. Yeah, don't wait around for anyone to appoint you. Just yeah, right. take it on and just do it. We'll support you. <laughs> Guy, where can people find your art? Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram, Guy Ruff Art. I also have a web page. So I'm Guy Ruff Portrait Artist. I do photography, murals, traditional art. So if you need photography, I can do that. If you need traditional art, then you're going to get photography and traditional art. If you need a mural, you're going to get photography, traditional art, and the mural. This has been a fascinating conversation. It challenged me. It challenged me to think about some of this stuff and realize, boy, there are a lot of walls to bang your head on, <laughs> but also a lot of walls to put murals on. That's right. <laughs> right? And we need walls. So if you got a wall, 
Let us know. <laughs> That's right. Guy, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was a great conversation. To express ourselves, we have to know ourselves. What do you love? And if you get close to what you love, who you are is revealed to you and it expands. You start to see how connected we all are. It's so beautiful. In singing our song, in telling our story, in inviting you to say, hey, listen to me and I'll listen to you. We're starting a dialogue and we come out of our corners and we start to witness each other's common humanity. We start to assert it. And when we do that, really good things happen. You have to express yourself. It's actually super easy. You just have to follow your love. There's no path till you walk it. You are listening to the Genesis Collective's Creatives Podcast.